Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. I cannot think of a year Easter has not surprised me. We are barely crawling out of the cave of winter, and for some of us it has been unremittingly winter for 15 months now. And yet Easter comes, ready or not, as the earth tipping toward the sun yet again, bravely sends forth green shoots from the brown wreckage of fall and winter, and the sky clears to a perfect blue. Lo, the earth awakes again, wrote Longfellow. Alleluia. This week, we are also celebrating Passover, the annual pilgrimage festival when Jews around the world remember and retell the story of another miracle, the exodus from slavery in Egypt to freedom in the promised land. And of course, today marks the culmination of the Christian Holy Week. Glory and madness and betrayal, darkness and torture. And then the tomb was empty, after all. Two current events are also on my mind this morning. I am mindful of the death last Sunday of Linda Brown, who as a third grader tried to enroll in her neighborhood school in Topeka, Kansas, and having been refused, ignited the case we know as Brown v. Board of Education one of the most transformative court proceedings in American history. Brown called out the hypocrisy of so-called separate but equal public schools and forever desegregated American public education. And I think of Dr. King. I am always thinking of Dr. King. But today we remember his death. Somehow, 50 years ago this week. There is a through line here of impossibility and miracles. And we are called to the question, who are we not to believe in the impossible? Valerie Kaur was a college student when her family friend Balbir Singh Sodhi was murdered in the first hate crime after 9-11. You will remember the story. Balbir was a gas station attendant. He wore a turban, a Sikh who faithfully observed that gentle religion of nonviolence and peace. His killer, twice ignorant, mistook him for a Muslim and believed that justified the killing. Valerie Kaur, now a lawyer, filmmaker, and author, has given her life to activism for civil rights and for love. 
In September of 2016, after the annual remembrance of Balbir's life, Valerie and Balbir's brother, Rana Singh Sodhi, decided to call Frank Roque, the man who had murdered Balbir, in the hope of breaking what Valerie calls the cycle of violence that feels endless. It was, she says, the one thing we had not yet done, to test our own ability to love even someone who hurt us. Reaching the murderer in his prison cell, Valerie at first feared the call was a terrible mistake. Frank was only willing to say he was sorry for what happened and that we must also be sorry for the thousands who died on 9-11. Then Rana spoke. He thanked him for saying that he was sorry and told him that a few years before when he had seen Frank's wife and daughter in town, he had invited them to dinner. That broke through. I want you to know from my heart, Frank Roque said, I'm sorry for what I did to your brother. One day, when I go to heaven to be judged by God, I will ask to see your brother, and I will hug him, and I will ask him for forgiveness. Rana responded, we already forgave you. He told Frank that if he could take him out of prison now, he would, and if he ever does leave prison, they can go together to tell the world their story. Valerie says, that call was not an end, but a beginning. It opened the door to reconciliation and a new chapter in our story. It is Valerie Kaur who asked the question that has been so much with me in these difficult days. She says, my faith dares me to ask, what if this darkness is not the darkness of the tomb, but the darkness of the womb? Clearly, Valerie Kaur is answering her own question, answering it with her life. And so I see that it is up to us to live with this question of birth or death, to live this question with our lives. The Bohemian Austrian poet Rainer Rilke wrote, I would beg you as well as I can to have patience with everything that is unresolved in your heart and to try to love the questions themselves as if they were locked rooms or books written in a very foreign language. Don't search for the answers, which could not be given to you now, because you would not be able to live them. The point is to live everything. Live the questions now. What would it look like in your life if you chose to believe that this is the darkness of the womb? That we are, in fact, living in historic throes of labor as a new world, a new heaven, and a new earth 
are being born, what would you do? We've seen how the students of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School are living the question and answering it with their lives, hashtag never again a boycott of the NRA and last weekend's March for Our Lives at which those of us who are north of 30 years old were asked to step to the back so the youth can lead. Thank God. Across the half century, Dr. King speaks to us of his foot soldiers. The 250,000 ordinary citizen who risked threat of personal harm to magnify the impact of the 1963 March on Washington, each playing a small but vital role in the passage of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Voting Rights Act of 1965. The youth are, we are all foot soldiers in this long march to justice, equity, and peace. All of us of goodwill are called to continue to shake the foundations with every step and generate a seismic shift, drops of water on stone, until the stone has worn away, rolled away from the tomb. Iris Long had been a PhD organic chemist New York's Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, but when the AIDS crisis erupted in the mid-1980s, she was living quietly in Queens with her husband, a stay-at-home caregiver to his mother. On the nightly news, she watched the TV coverage of ACT UP, the AIDS coalition to unleash power as they staged outrageous protests, stopping traffic, forcing themselves into people's offices, and chaining themselves to people's desks, demanding treatment. Iris Long knew no one with AIDS, did not even know one gay person. But she marched herself into ACT UP headquarters and offered to teach them what she did know, which was a lot about the complex range of drugs that was being used to try to combat AIDS-related illnesses. Just as importantly, she convinced ACT UP that people with AIDS needed the FDA, NIH, and Big Pharma. Their task was to stop ant antagonizing them, she said, and to compel them to put their work into the service of a vision and help save lives. Iris Long spent the next nine years working with people with AIDS and their advocates, refining that strategy, garnering the support of Nobel Prize winning scientists, and winning the respect of the heads of these big government agencies. David France, director of How to Survive a Plague, credits her with changing the entire course of ACT UP's activism and with saving more than eight million lives. Iris Long was a foot soldier. In her interview with ACT UP Oral History Project, she said, I think that anyone can make a difference. The idea of a messiah having come or still to come, does not figure in Unitarian Universalist theology. Our call is to live with our hearts against the world, taking that moral arc of the universe into our hands and bending it toward justice. 
But if we were asked to say something about a Messiah, we might answer with Vietnamese Zen master Thich Nhat Hanh, who said that the Messiah will manifest not as an individual, but as a community. Or we might just repeat the Hasidic training that says, if we always assume the one sitting next to us is the Messiah, waiting for some simple human kindness, we will soon come to weigh our words and watch our hands. And if the Messiah chooses not to be revealed in our time, it will not matter. Beloved spiritual companions, ready or not, it's spring, it's Passover, it's Easter. Who are we not to believe in the impossible? What if this darkness is not the darkness of the tomb, but the darkness of the womb? What if we are in historic throes of labor as a new world, a new heaven, and a new earth are being born? It's up to us to live the questions. May we be foot soldiers. Let us shake the foundations. May the stone be rolled away. May we live in such a way that if the Messiah chooses not to be revealed in our time, it will not matter. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.